coming to you from the mountains and the plains. The only conservative voices brave enough to push back. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Altman. That's what the Second Amendment was designed to do. If you're going to do something to, to nullify or take away my rights under the Constitution, come get it. Max McGuire. When you look at politicians on the left, um, they need to convince people that they are victims. A resistance to the resistance. And now your hosts, Joe Altman and Max McGuire. <laughs> and welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. This is Joe Altman. Happy Tuesday, everyone. We do have a guest today. So, Joe, usually I introduce, but I'll, I'll let you go ahead and do the introductions. So this Who are we is, talking with today? This is Eric Motsos. And Eric is a, he is a, for those of you that don't know, he is the person, he was an ex-police officer. Um, he, uh, when all of these things came out with these lockdowns, he stood out against the lockdowns. But as a police officer, we'll talk a little bit about that too. And I, I don't think he's prepared to talk about that today, but we're going to talk a little bit about it anyway. Um, but as a police officer, he stood up to the police department. Right, he stood up and said, "Look, I'm not going to go do quotas. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to, you know, arrest people just to arrest people." So he actually stood with the people, and more importantly, he stood up for his values. So when they actually told him that he had to uh, volunteer, I'll let him tell the story. But it, they told him he had to volunteer for a specific event. He said, "I'm not going to do it." And so that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. He's like, "Look, I, I, I'm willing to lose my job to stand up for what I believe in." right, his values. So he, he has been a tireless leader. He was a part of a movement um, that came out of um, Utah. And uh, it, it, it's just, it, it is, I want him to tell his story. I don't wanna tell yeah. too much of the story, but this is an amazing opportunity. And Eric is one of the most amazing men um, and men of God that I've met. Amazing, amazing man. All right, let's bring him in. So let's bring him on. Welcome to the show, Eric. How's it going? Could he hear me? I'm Could he hear all the great. nice things I said about him, or was he blind there? The, the only thing he did was just mispronounce my name, Joe. But that's fine. It's Mutsos. I said Mutsos. You said we, we, like we went over that right before. We... No, I didn't. I did Joe not. Joe said like <laughs> Joe said something. You guys like were sitting here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's all good. I I can sometimes. I don't even pronounce it right sometimes. So hey, you saw my last name. They've called me Oatmeal Old Man. Uh, Ottoman, Ahmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you no, know, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, and I'll say the same thing about you, Joe. When I met you a few months ago, I was like, wow, where are these people in Utah? They're um, everywhere. It's well, I'm, I'm just glad somebody with your status and with your reputation uh, fighting back. That means that's that's why we're that's one of the reasons why we're in such a mess is because people um, they're not saying what needs to be said. Uh, a lot too many people are afraid. Well, you're not afraid. Can you can you give our audience um, just kind of a overview of you? Um, and I sure. and I and I went back a little bit further and talked about your life as a police officer and some of the things that you did there then. Um, and I think it's important for people to understand that you have always been a man of conviction. You've always been one to stand up. And uh, yeah, so if you could tell that story, uh, you know, again. Yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing yeah, story. So, well, and it hasn't always been that way. You know, it's, um, growing up, I was, I was quite the hellion, you know, um, always questioning things, always, 
you know, breaking rules. And then when I was 18 years old is when I found God, um, on a deeper level, I went on a mission for my church. Um, when I came, I actually came home early because of depression and I, I don't want to get into all of that, but, um, I started, I started singing country music, um, when I came home from my mission and I, I entered into a, a karaoke contest and I won that. I entered into a contest called Nashville star. I made it to the regional finals and I got a phone call from Evander Holyfield, the boxer. And he put me on his record label for four years. And I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to be the next Garth Brooks. That's what I wanted to do. And then when I met my wife, um, we got married, we had our first and I just, I realized that that lifestyle was not going to work with a family. And then that's how I fell into police work. And so ever, so when I, I became a Salt Lake city police officer, um, in 2007 and I worked there for seven years and, and I just saw a lot of the, a lot of the problems in the police. Um, it's because the left has hijacked these police departments, um, very, very political. And so when you see things like quotas, and you see things like when they try to get their officers to celebrate, you know, in LGBT parades, which is what happened with me. They tried to get five of us to actually be participants in the parade. You can tell how the left has totally hijacked these police departments, just like they've hijacked hospitals, just like they've hijacked schools. Um, and that's, that's fine. Ultimately when I lost my badge and my gun for discrimination, because I tried to, ch I tr all I did was just try to change spots. I tried to switch positions with another cop. I just said, Hey, will you be in the parade and I'll do your security assignment? And that was it. That, that was enough for them to take my badge and my gun for discrimination. And that's when, that's what really got me into, that's, that's what opened my eyes on a whole nother level, um, with what's happening to the United States of America. So that's what I know you from. I remember a few years ago when that went down. I, I know we're not going to spend the whole show on that, but I'm interested to know. So they, they wanted you to, correct me if I'm wrong, they wanted you to ride essentially at the front of the Pride Parade. And that's, I mean, th that's beyond just giving protective detail to the parade. That's, a, that's like asking you to be a participant. They, um, how did, how did that go down? Well, they, how, they asked you, they asked you to wear rainbow shorts too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, you're not far off, Joe. Um, the chief, the chief of police at the time, he would put the rainbow colors over, you know, like almost like a Hawaiian lay of the, the rainbow colors over his uniform, which is against uniform. It's against policy. Um, and I just told him, I said, very, I was very diplomatic. I said, look, I love people because I do. There's nobody on this planet that I hate, not one person. I said, I love all people. I said, if this was an abortion parade, I'd feel the same way. The police should not be in somebody's speech. Um, police need to be there to serve and protect and be neutral on these issues, especially social issues. Um, but they, that was unacceptable to them. And what we're finding out is the left that have taken over these, um, some of these police departments, they're the most, um, they're the most bigoted of all. And what I mean by that is they're the ones that use communities. Um, they're the ones that divide and conquer, um, by talking about race, by talking about sexual preference, by we, we shouldn't even talk about it. And that was one thing that I called them out on four months before I lost my job. By the way, you got to read my book. I have a free book. That's on my webpage, uh, just ericmutsos.com. 
and um, it's my whole stories. It's called Dispatched. But but in the book, I I talk about how they would hand select um, minorities. They would hand select women to fill these roles, and then once they filled the roles, they would they would kind of trash them. You know, like they came up to one of my uh, officer friends who's Polynesian. And they said, "Hey, we need a Polynesian sergeant. So will you promote?" I mean, how racist is that? Yeah. And that's, and so I called them out on it. You know, we had a chief of police who was a woman, but she wasn't a cop. So she had, she had a badge, she had lights and sirens, but she had no gun. And, and I called them out on it. I called the head of HR four months before I lost my job. And I just said, Hey, what if I said, can I just ask you a hypothetical? What if we had, um, what if Salt Lake city corporation hired a fire chief who's never fought a fire? who's never had any fire experience. And she cut me off. She said, well, they wouldn't be qualified. I said, I'm really glad you said that because <laughs> we, right now we have a deputy chief of police who's, who's a cop or who's a, who's a chief and not a cop. And that's what, that's what they're doing. Um, and, and that's on top of trying to defund the police. That's on top of trying to get cit- uh, civilians to do what cops. And that's all part of the plan. Like they want to defund, not, they only not, they only, not want to def, uh, defund the police, but they want to disarm the police um, because they don't want guns in America. Well, so I do want to show this. If we can actually just put this up really quick, Josh, you can put this up. This is this right here is Eric's book. It's Dispatch: Conscience or Conformity: um, The Untold Story of Eric Mutosis. <laughs> it's Mutosis, Josh. I was messing with you. That was me messing with you. Come on. <laughs> I, I said it right the first time too. Just wanted to see what you were going to say. I forgive you, no matter what. No matter I, what. I, I, I know you would, but I actually know your last name, right? Mutsos, Mutsos, Mutsos. So I was reading into some and of so the story, and and you didn't even like say no. You didn't even refuse to do it. No. You just offered to do something else, and they suspended you for discrimination that, right. before that negotiation was even finished. I didn't even get a chance to do it. All I did was just say, Hey, I have, I'm having some issues. It was my conscience. My conscience was screaming at me saying, no, 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 no. You got to say something. You got to say something. And, and I've learned over the years because of how many times I haven't followed my conscience. You know, I do that on a weekly basis, you know, not doing my dishes when I know I need to at home. Um, when you don't follow your conscience, there's consequences. And unfortunately in this, in this day and age, when you, when you do follow your conscience, um, which is what I believe the light of Christ, everyone has that in them, whether they believe in Christ or not, you have a gift inside of you that is that people know good from evil inside. And when you start to go along and you start to, to, to dismiss your conscience, you've now got to justify why you did it. And, and now you've got to point your finger at other people that are doing what you know, or what they know they should be doing. And that's what's happening right now during COVID. There are all these people, they dang well know that they need to take that mask off. They know they need to say something in their employment, but they're too afraid. And that's why we're in such a disaster right now because not enough people are standing up. And so, um, so going back to what you said, um, I told them I would still do it, but I have a lot, this is, I'm having a lot of anxiety with it and it didn't even matter. They didn't want to have the conversation. They wanted me all over national news so they could show how, um, you know, how inclusive they are by kicking out people that have a, a certain set of beliefs. It seems like it should be cut and dry. It seems like, let, let's use another example, hypothetically. 
the the fire department wants to do a Christmas parade and they need someone to go up on the on the fire engine and dress up as Santa. If they pick the Jewish firefighter and the Jewish firefighter said, I actually I, I don't believe in Santa. I don't want to be Santa. How about someone else's Santa and I'll do something else? And then they fired the Jewish firefighter over it. There'd be uproar from the ACLU. All these organizations would come in and say, that's not right. But because you exercise a similar First exactly. Amendment right, you're, you're gone. That's right. And they knew, but, but see, they wanted me gone for, for a long time. I mean, I called them out on the quotas. They wanted us to arrest five people per day. I told them I absolutely not. I have my sergeant on recording. It's on my YouTube channel. Um, and I challenged him then. And so I had never been written up in seven years, not one time, because every time I challenged him, I was right. And they tried to hide it. And that's what's wrong. That's what's happened in our society. Now, sheriff departments, that's different because you know, you've got a constitutional sheriffs that are elected. That's one thing that where we've, where we went wrong is we had these, we have these puppet city police chiefs that are puppets for the political mayor. And that's, it should be an elected position. And so if we went back to how the founders set it up, everything should be elected, uh, including the sheriff. Um, but that's not how we did it. And that's, that's one of the reasons why the left has pinned the police between the public because it's all about the money in most of these departments. You know, when I went, when I went to the motorcycle unit, we had to do 20 tickets a day. I mean, 20 tickets a day, you know, times 25 motor cops, that's millions and millions of dollars that they need. And, and so, you know, my whole point is that, uh, what's happening with these police officers is let's say you have a white officer in a minority neighborhood, but he has to hit his numbers. Um, yeah. what do you think people are going to think, you know, cause the, the officer now has to hit his numbers and bring them in, but, but he's in a minority neighborhood. We, we need to be more like firemen. The, in my opinion, the police need to be more like firemen uh, on these calls of, especially now in 2021, um, instead of constantly, constantly trying to get numbers and stats in order to get federal dollars, because they'll turn those stats into the feds and then they get money. And that's, that's why, that's why I called out the quotas. And then in 2018, they passed a bill in Utah to, to ban police quotas and they used my story. So that was good. Um, but that's the left has hijacked a lot of these police departments. Well, and, and it's, it, it becomes a, a system of graft. It becomes a system that's designed to create, you know, monetary opportunity to, to fill in the gaps for budgets. And so you, you right. develop a friction and then some of the technology that they come out with, you know, you have these uh, cameras on the front end of police cars now that read license plates and, and instantaneously they know whether that registration is actually um, expired or if it's, if it's legitimate on that car instantaneously. And then they can flip around right. and, and arrest that person. And maybe that is a single mom with three kids just trying to go to work and they have a $200 fine now. And maybe that $200 is 30, 40, 50% of what they make in a week. Right? I mean, Absolutely. The, the entire system is designed as a net to trap Americans. And I think that we have to go back to the fact that of the people, for the people, by the people. We were just talking about this yesterday. It's easy to solve these problems. Just become more like firemen, become more like the service that is necessary the old days right where the sheriff That's was right. paid a was paid a, a wage and even in the early 80s in most towns across the US um you, you know police officers would pass out football cards and baseball cards to kids on the street mm -hmm. their touches were supposed to be one that encouraged encouraged the community 
right? Yep. And now, now it's gone the opposite way. You have police cars that look like they should be in a war zone. Like RoboCop. Yeah. You and, know, and that's, that's the direction we're going, and that's what they want to do. They want to disband these local police departments, so then we have a federal police department. It's all part of the plan. I mean, people don't understand. Like, this is a Marxist takeover. It's a slow, satanic Marxist takeover. Um, Karl Marx was a devil worshiper. I know this is, makes people feel uncomfortable, but if we cannot talk about the spirituality of this country um, and what's driving this, then we don't understand. We, we, how are we going to defend it? Do you know what I mean? Like, if we don't understand yeah. that there is, a, there is an absolute spiritual war, um, especially in the United States of America, how are we going to defend what needs to be defended? We need to talk. We need to bring God back into it. We need to talk about the principles that, that established this country. Um, we need to talk about when the founders um, crafted the Constitution, why they did it for the people by the people and why it's been so successful up until this point. Um, but we're going the opposite way. We're turning, we're turning to government instead of God. And the, and the so, more and more this happens. Go ahead. Oh, well, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Go ahead finish. I'll ask my question. Well, my, my, my point that I'm trying to say is that this is a very, very well calculated um, plan to take out the United States of America. And make no mistakes, this is about taking out capitalism. Because without the United States of America, the world economy would fall, and they know it. And so, you know, back in back in Nazi Germany, they went. Pe a lot of people don't know this. They went after the Jews not because of their religion solely. They went after the Jews because they were the small business owner entrepreneurs. They had the money, and wealth. And, yep. And right after that, they went after the police. Why? Why did they go after the police? Because they knew if there wasn't a thin blue line there, they could do whatever they wanted. And and it's the same playbook. You, you look at last March. All the small business that were just completely crushed. And then after that, all of a sudden this lie narrative that all of a sudden America is now racist. And um, it's disgusting. It, it's unbelievable. The, America is the most diverse country in the world. We take in over 50% of, of um, immigrants around the world in America. We, we, we worship people like Michael Jordan and Oprah Winfrey. And you know we, we elected a black president not once but twice. But all of a sudden we're the most racist it, it's yeah. such a lie. I want to I'll take a moment and tell everyone, hit that share button if you haven't already. Hit the thumbs up. Right now, we only got a few dozen thumbs up on Facebook, 16 on YouTube. We need to bump those numbers up. So hit that thumbs up, share, and comment so we can reach more people. Um, yeah, the question I have for you. The shadow banning is a real thing, which is why we actually go live on our website too. So, <laughs> I, Hey, I'm in a 30-day jail on Facebook. Are you really? I was wondering why. What do you do? Oh, yeah. What you do? You haven't seen he told me. the I'm, truth. I, I'm, yeah, they're they do? thirty days because I did a a post about uh, COVID and how there's a ninety nine percent survivability rate and people are questioning the vaccine and and thirty days. So I'm I'm being rehabilitated right now. You're going yeah. back to training. I, I got I got five days for a post six years ago blaming Obama for ISIS war crimes. <laughs> so they're just doing whatever they can do. The question I I, had, I wanted to ask you, which I think you kind of answered it, but I, I'm, I've been trying to wrap my head. I remember the story when it first came out and wondering how does this happen in Utah, right? We've been seeing this happening across the country, states that are predictably, reliably red conservative. Um, Utah, very conservative state, obviously Salt Lake City, not as much. Um, I was trying to always figure out how does this happen in Utah 
And I think you answered it that they're not elected police chiefs. They're not elected like a sheriff's position. They're appointed. And if a Democrat mayor appoints the person, then they might not be as representative of the state as you would expect. Um, I just I, how does this happen? Because I'm still shocked. Obviously, you're you're Mormon, right? How does this yeah, happen yeah. In, a- in a state where the Mormon church has has so much control and so much influence? I just I don't understand how in Utah a police department can get away with this. Well, to me, it's really simple, you know, like I I believe that we were supposed to be the city on a hill and 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 in the opposition of all things in this spiritual war um, where there is good, there's going to be just as much evil. And Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City is a cesspool of of these policies that have been destroyed without the LDS church in Salt Lake City. That place would be run down. That's the only reason why anything is successful downtown Salt Lake City. Um, They've had Democrats there. The homeless population is out of control in Salt Lake City um, because they don't want to fix it. There's no solution to it. Because, and and so what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that where there is light, there's a lot of darkness too. And and yes, we that's where the church headquarters is. Um, but also there's there's so much anti-church in Salt Lake City to where you can't even think about it. You can't talk about it. You can't bring it up. I remember this guy on the, on the motorcycle squad, he came up to me and he's the one that brought it up. Like they brought it up. Hey, so have you read your golden book today? And they were making fun of my religion on the motorcycle squad. And, and he said to me, he said the next day, cause I brought, you know, once they brought up God, then I brought it up or he came to me the next day and said, Hey, the guys think you elaborated a little too much. And I said, what do you mean? Well, you kind of just, you kind of elaborated on God. I said, you're the one that brought it up. And, and I said, I said, okay, let's make a deal. I said, how about I won't talk about him if you won't talk about him? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, you, you say his name in vain 500 times a day. And I say it a couple times in reverence and I'm the one talking about it. I said, so you stop talking about him. I'll stop talking about him. And so it's, there's a, there's a, so there's a spiritual war going on, uh, even in, even in the police department. Yeah. But it's really, really sad that, you know, now we're to a time and this was seven years ago where you can say, Hey, I don't want to be in a homosexual parade. Um, and, and now you're labeled bigot and you can't get jobs. I mean, I couldn't get hired anywhere after that. And so I started knocking doors, uh, doing sales for the past five years until COVID hit. Do you know who leaked it? That, that it was for discrimination. I, I remember that it was a leak that it got leaked out that you were suspended for discrimination purposes. Did that ever get figured out? No, but I, I'm, I'm convinced it was the police department. They were also trying to cover a sexual scandal with one of their deputy chiefs, um, at the same time, cause his story broke about 30 minutes before mine did. So I'm, I'm convinced it was the police department that did it, but I can't, I can't prove it. So, so I want to, I want to take a minute and I want to, um, I want to talk about non-essential, Right. And, and some people have actually seen the, I'm kind of pivot here for a minute. Some people have seen that you, you have a, a documentary that came out that's called non-essential. That's right. And I've seen, this is probably one of the most powerful videos that talks about this pandemic and what has happened to our communities, happened to our country and just the essence of freedom that is lost as a result of what they've done across our country over the last year. 
So we've actually, Max, before I do this, I did not clear with you or anyone else the fact that can I actually play non-essential? I think I can. It doesn't go through vaccines. It just talks about the virus. Uh, where would we have trouble? Yeah. Where would they Where would they cut us um, off? As long as it's not recommending against anything that beloved Anthony Fauci says, I think we'll be golden. Yeah, so so I have two things. One, obviously I have access to non-essential and uh, because you gave me access to it and I've shared it in, in groups with others. Um, so I have a part of it that starts at the eight minute, 40 second, but I also have the trailer. So the trailer is two and a half minutes. So if, you, if it's okay with you, I'd like to play the trailer for everyone. I sent you the trailer as well. Did you not get the trailer? Here we go. No, check it. In. Check it in. So while they're getting it, why don't you set it up, Eric? Set up the trailer while they're getting it ready um, yeah, for our essentially, viewers. Yeah, so back in March, Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City, like I was saying, they put up a snitch line um, where you can call on your neighbor if you're not social distancing. So my buddies that are still in the police department, they call me because they know I'm going to say something online and they were going to calls. They were literally getting dispatched to neighbors calling on their neighbors because they were too close to each other. And that just lit a fire under me. So I called the snitch line and I said, Hey, there's going to be a former policeman that's going to do a big rally this weekend. Well, he can't do that. I said, Oh, he's going to, and he's coming. So, you know, tell the mayor <laughs> or whatever I said. And, and over, over 2000 people showed up, maybe 3000 people. And it was, it was amazing, dude. Cause it was, a, it was the first, one of the first rallies in America. And I just felt compelled to do it. And then I had this idea. I had this idea. I was like praying about it. Like, well, what can we do for good? And then I had this, I kind of just saw it in my head. I saw all these businesses coming um, to these parks and we, and they were going to set up their booths and we we're going to help them. So I created the Utah business revival, uh, just a Facebook group. And it started gaining a lot of steam. And so that first rally, I asked everybody to just purchase food at local restaurants that are, you know, getting hit the hardest and we're going to have a big picnic. And then it just kind of morphed into this, like these big events. And so we, I just called the sheriff of each one of these counties said, Hey, we're going to come and take over a park. Are you going to arrest us? No. So then I would do a call to action. And then we started getting thousands and thousands of people in our group. And now we're up to like, you know, 20, 27,000 people, but it's being massively, you know, shadow banned on Facebook. Uh, we should have way more than that, but, um, so we'll just take over a park and we'll bring these, you know, we'll invite these non-essential businesses to come set up their booth and thousands of people will just shop. Right. And so then this guy comes up to me and he had this book, his book of, of what he does for a business. And it's all of these stages, you know, like, you know, concert and, um, concert stages. And he said, it's this like is a, what I do a roadie, for a business. A roadie kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 So lights, you know, lights, sound systems, stages. And I was, and he's like, this is what I do, but we're shut down. And I just had it click in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to have a concert. And so I called Colin Ray. I got a hold of Colin Ray because I had opened up for Colin Ray 15 years ago when I was pursuing country music, you know, because I was on a country music record label with Evander Holyfield. So I called Colin Ray and I was like, dude, do you want to be the first concert since COVID? He's like, yes. So we, we ended up putting on the first concert in America since COVID guy Fieri showed up. 
I mean, we had six, we had about 6,000 people come <laughs> and that's part of the documentary, like how we finally pulled that concert off in the face of the government trying to shut us down. And they did, they shut us down in two different counties. And we finally moved to a county where a sheriff was on board. The county commissioners were on board. It was a, ama- it was a miracle. And, and that's part of, you know, and you can go to nonessentialfilm.com to look at the trailers. Um, if you take down this number, I will text it out to you when the film's finally done. Um, cause there's some audio issues, but it's, um, can I say that number, Joe? A hundred percent. And we'll put it up um, on the it's screen. It's 888. Too. So if you text the word Liberty to 888-210-6260, so text the word Liberty to 888-210-6260, then you'll sign up for my text alerts. I haven't even sent a text out yet, but when the film's finally done, um, I'll text it to everybody. And, and the whole point of the film is to get people to gather. So I, so we've been going around and this is how we met Joe, because we've been going around to all the movie theaters that are willing to stand up in Utah and we've just been packing them. I mean, the whole place just packed, no masks and then we'll post it and we're challenging the government. It's like, okay, bring it. And so far nothing has happened to us and nothing has happened to these movie theaters. Um, and we've done about 30 plus showings now we've been to Missouri We've been to Colorado. We've been to Idaho. I just got invited to um, Las Vegas. And then the whole point of it is just to teach people, just to show people that they have rights. Another reason why we're in this mess is because the American people do not understand that they have God-given rights. The Constitution does not grant you those rights. Those rights are given to you by God they are unalienable. They are inherent inside of you. Th- that is your right to life. That is your right to your property and your happiness, um, your liberty. And the Constitution is there to tell the politicians what they can and can't do. But but for whatever reason, because we haven't taught it to our kids, schools, you know schools aren't teaching it. And that's all by design. So that's So that's why we do the film, to bring hope, to show the hypocrisy. And to let us let people know that we we are the answer, you know, like we we the people are the answer. So I think Josh has it queued. So why don't we play the trailer for everyone so they can get a sense uh, of the movie that's going to be coming out? Okay, great. I immediately knew the first thing that we had to do was gather. And I was scared that first one, you know, because I text one of my buddies on the police department. And he said, I heard that Chief Brown is gonna arrest every person there. That's a big deal. Like you get arrested, but then I thought about it. It's like, they now have to make a decision. This is our first amendment right under any circumstance. If you don't challenge it, they're gonna continue to gain ground. And pretty soon your rights are already taken. After that first rally, um, I felt hope. No true state of emergency exists. The problem is the leadership, those making the decisions. 
those are the ones that are violating our constitutional rights. This is what is happening in the United States of America to scare you, to make you believe that your God is coming up short. It, it, this doesn't make sense from an epidemiological point of view. That's when you have to go, okay, there's something bigger behind this. Salt Lake City's Mayor Mendenhall put out a snitch line. We do not snitch on our neighbor. That's not what we do in America. Really powerful stuff. Um, so when when is the is the movie out yet, or, or when does it come out? Yeah, it should be out within the next month, and that's why I encourage people to do that text line um, because they'll be able to see it. But we've just been trying. Another reason why we haven't put it out immediately is because we've been trying to gather people in Utah. So like, it's kind of like the thing right now. So we've been going around just doing these big gatherings, um, trying to get people to feel the spirit of liberty in person. Well, it's infectious. It's an infectious feeling when people start gathering at these things and they realize, oh, wait a minute, I'm outside and and I'm not getting arrested. And, oh, wow, this is what we're supposed to be allowed to do anyway. You start realizing, like, what, what was I? Why was I hiding inside? What, 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 what's all this about? It's infectious. <laughs> and, and, and that's why I think it's great that you're going around the country into different states because your success in Utah needs to be replicated everywhere. Right. I mean, ha has anyone come to you and said that and said, Eric, what you're doing is a provable vector for transmission? Has anyone tried to blame you for a spike in COVID cases? Oh, yeah. But we just make I mean, the news will call me and we'll just make fun of them, say, hey, we're, we're safer than Walmart. You know, we're outside. Um, but in the end, it doesn't matter. Like in the end, like we said from the very beginning, it's a cold and and people should have the right to go out and get a cold if they want. And the government should have never, ever done this. As a former police officer, this is the most unconstitutional. It's not only unconstitutional, it's immoral. And you cannot have liberty without morality. And, and people think that freedom and liberty are the same thing, and they are not. Meaning freedom, freedom plus bad choices equals captivity. And freedom plus morality, good choices, that equals liberty, but you cannot have it. And it's immoral for a government to say, you can't gather. It's immoral for a, a government to say, hey, you got to shut down this business. You got you to only operate at 25%. That, that's theft. They're stealing from these businesses. And it's up to these businesses to say, never again. And that's what I've been saying from day one. Like, soon as this hit, I don't know what it was, but soon as this started dropping, I got that same feeling that we were talking about that same feeling like, hey, say something about the parade. It was the same exact feeling like you got to say something right now. And and that's that's how we've kind of done what we've done. And now see now the Tribune, you know, the Salt Lake Tribune, they tried to make fun of me by putting me on as person of the year, you know, because they put in like, you know, the head lady, the head medical per, uh, professional. They put on, you know, our governor to to have people vote for person of the year. And they put me on there as a joke and little did they know, like I was, I won the whole thing and they, I got like 
of the vote and the next person below the governor got like three percent not even that i think the governor got 19 <laughs> votes the governor of the state of utah got 19 votes and i had like 51 percent of the whole thing but people are taking notice because they know people know deep down like i get messages from people in the medical world hey i just want to let you know i love what you're doing i, I get pe messages from teachers i get messages from people high up even in government they're like keep doing what you're doing. And it just kills me because these guys have got to say something like this is how we lose it is that people just become silent and people, they don't realize that, you know, I don't know who said it. If it was uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, I don't remember who said this, but not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. When you don't vote, you are voting and that's what's happening. People don't realize that their silence is a choice. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. And, <clears throat> I, I love the title because the, the biggest I, I'd say there's two. If I had to say the two biggest lies of the last year, number one is that if you're completely healthy, you can kill someone just by breathing. Um, that's probably the biggest lie of the last year. The second biggest lie is that there's a such thing as a non-essential business. There's a such thing as a non-essential livelihood. Every single livelihood is essential. I mean, it, it, they say that from from their ivory towers, from their high horses, though, you're non-essential as if not even caring about the plight of that family, no longer being able to pay the mortgage, pay the rent, put food on the table. So I think those are the two biggest lies. And, and I love that the title is, is, uh, takes that right. And, and uses it against them that no, everything's it's, essential. Dude, it's the same. It's the same language they used in Nazi Germany. It's the exact same language. There's no difference. And so there's no difference. So and actually they're, they're saying people hate it. People, you know, I made this t-shirt, you know, and you can get this on my webpage. I'll tell you about it, but it says I'm essential, you know, and it's got a star right there and people get so offended. It's like, t help me explain how this is any different on the principle of control. Tell me how it's any different than what happened when, when government gets their paws on something, they do not let go. They will hold on to it. They'll make a bureau out of it and they will create, they, they will never let go. And that's why we have to be pushing back right now. Um, so this never happens again. I mean, look at the TSA, dude. I mean, the TSA has grown into this like monstrous of a nightmare um, organization. And it's, and it's largely theater. <laughs> it, it is theater. and But that's what happens all in the name of safety. And so um, the illusion so yeah, of you safety. Can get, um, the illusion of safety. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. No, I just, I, I, people don't understand the correlation between what happened in Nazi Germany and what happened, what's happening right now in the United States. And even the correlations of snitching on your, on your neighbors and, and persecuting people, the Karens, we call them the Karens, right? Uh, what was mm -hmm. the name for the men version, the man version of Karens? <laughs> I know there is one. I'm sorry. The Chaz. It's probably not appropriate Chaz. to say on conservative daily. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> But, but the principles of what they're doing, the, the psyops, the things that they're doing in the mm -hmm. community in order to make people feel the like they're not, a, the, yeah. It, and by the way, if you actually push towards fear and you push away from courage, you also push away from God. Mm. Now, now think about Amen. that. Yeah, with, with God, there's not a lot of fear, right? God, you know, the, the, how many times in the Bible the, does it say fear not? 62 times in the Bible it says fear not. So fear is not something we're supposed to feel. Fear is not something we should let dictate our lives. Fear is not how we should make choices. We should, we should set limits for ourselves. 
right? For what, what we think is an acceptable risk. But if we run our lives by fear, the opportunity that we have, not just for us, but for future generations, will it'll dry up. I love it. Well, and, and another thing with faith, I mean, how you know at the very beginning when so many people said, hey, we just gotta have faith. What does that mean? You know, people think that faith and belief are the same thing. And that's not, that's not entirely true. You can believe true. something, but if you don't put your belief into action, um, your faith is dead. And so faith is action. And so not only should we not fear, but we need to act on, a, on proper principles. You know, I, I think of in the Revolutionary War when Washington and his men fought. Did you know they fought during a pandemic? It was smallpox. You know how many people died? One, a fourth. A fourth of their army died from smallpox. Did you see them stopping and trying to hide? Um, that was a real pandemic. And, and they continue to fight so that we have our freedoms now. And so for this to happen, and you know, in the documentary, we interview doctors and one of the doctors explained that if they would have done this with the swine flu, meaning if they would have used the same criteria, so like, let's say Max, you know, contracted COVID and, um, he had it today and he got over it in five months, if he dies of anything, if he gets hit in a car, uh, a drive by shooting, whatever, they still, the CDC still changes the death certificate and changes it to a COVID-19 death. If they would have done that to swine flu, as of right now, we, we would almost have 1 million deaths in the United States if they would have used the same criteria. And, but they didn't do that. And that's why you know that it's political because they didn't do it that way. And so this whole thing is a, is a lie. Yeah, sure. It's a real virus, but the way that they've handled it, it's a total lie control grab. Yeah, well, yeah, I had and, swine flu in college. They just sent me back to my dorm, told me to sleep it off. <laughs> like imagine, and did, imagine. And you're fine. Yeah, I did, and no one else in my dorm got it. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. But but the but the reality exists. How we've we've pushed towards fear of death, and because we've taken God out of our society, taken God out of our schools, we've taken it out of we've taken down statues. We've 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 allowed the 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 lack of belief in god which by the way is a religion to become the thing that actually permeates our society and as a result of that we start talking about fear of death when you have a bunch of people that literally think they're going to turn them into worm food after they die they they're going to do anything and everything they can even if the if even if it's the smallest chance that they actually can die from the virus they're, they're going to ignore all the factual basis all the factual information and they're going to move right to you want to kill me and i mean frankly it's brilliant and how they came up with the psyops. But the only way to actually oh, combat yeah. it is to is to speak that truth. And I believe courage is more infectious than fear. I know you and I have talked about that. But if we don't start talking about truth more directly, we don't start calling it what it is, which is evil. This is a fight between good and evil. This is a fight between uh, yes. demonic role in our society and God's role in our society. And if, 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 we, if you look back in the New Testament, how many times Jesus was casting out demons all the time? Yeah. Why is it any different today? Like, why, why is it any different today? I, it's, it's unbelievable. But you brought up a good point that I want to I want to share this this thought really fast, if that's OK. But you said, you know, basically irreligion is its own religion. In other words, don't talk about religion. <laughs> Uh, you can't even you can't even mention it. That's its own form of cult cultism. It's a 
So a man named Neely Maxwell once said that we are now entering a period of incredible ironies. Let us cite but one of these ironies, which is yet in its subtle stages. This was given back in 1978, by the way. We shall see in our time a maximum, if indirect, effort made to establish irreligion as the state religion. It's actually a new form of paganism that uses the carefully preserved and cultivated freedoms of uh, cultivated freedoms of Western civilization to shrink freedom even as it rejects the value essence of our rich Judeo-Christian heritage. And then he goes on to say, irreligion as the state religion would be the worst of all combinations. Its orthodoxy would be insistent and its inquisitors inevitable. Its paid ministry would be numerous beyond belief. Its Caesars would be insufferably condescending. Its majorities, when faced with clear alternatives, would make the Barabbas choice as did a mob centuries ago when Pilate confronted them with the need to decide. It's, it's a uh, irreligion. That's why we have to stand up for our religion. The, the separation of church and state was never intended to take God out of people. It was intended so that the state couldn't force their ideas on the people. That's it, including no religion. So you're, you are 100% right, Joe. Well, and I th if if we are to conquer all of this, we have to address those problems. But you know, we were talking about this today, and I'll I'll just kind of we're we're walking through just the the things that we're actually dealing with as a society. And we have this media and technology that's been weaponized against us. You talked about you know media companies calling you up and basically saying you're killing people, <laughs> right? And you, and you play with them a little bit, and just mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a serious problem. So you have the education indoctrination. They didn't. They're not even hiding it anymore. They call each other comrades, and uh, they openly talk about socialism and and not just the um, you know university education, but also in the K through twelve. It's and then you have you have different parts of the education system that have been designed to train people rather than to teach people. Because if you train people, it actually benefits the government. But then you have election integrity, you have sex trafficking, you have border security, you have the pandemic, you have you know, the corruption in government, you have all these different places that they're actually hitting us from at every, at every front. And it almost feels overwhelming. Yet, I'm gonna use you as an example. You woke up one day and said, this isn't right. What they're doing is not right. We are essential. And then you put one foot in front of the other and you stepped out. And it's not unlike me stepping out here and stepping out and, and doing the things that I'm doing, which is why I align so well with you. But you stepped out and thousands of people walked out and stood beside you. Thousands. While the media actually pushed down your voice, while the tech companies tried to, to stop you or shadow ban you or, and make it difficult for your voice to get out. All of that happened while those things were going on. And I think that is just a testament to we have to we have to stay diligent. We have to stay focused on yes. making sure that we take those one step forward. We do our part, and if we fail to, we, then our our group, our group, the Utah Business Revival was taken down um, Halloween last year, completely removed. And but our group was like getting so much steam that we had. I had a U.S. Senator Mike Lee contact me once our group was down, and this was the same week that he was grilling him and Ted Cruz were grilling Jack Dorsey and Zuckerberg. And Suckabuck. he personally, what's that? Suckabuck. Yeah. Zuckerberg, so he Suckabuck. personally, so Mike Lee personally, gets a hold of Mark Zuckerberg, 
and says, what's up with the Utah business revival? <laughs> Within two hours, our group was restored. Mark Zuckerberg personally restored our page, said it was an error. Um, so it's, it's just unbelievable. Like, so, so my point, my, my point to your audience is that, is this, you might not think that your voice matters, but it matters so much. It matters so much because most people agree with what you're thinking. Um, but most people are too afraid to say it. So my, my challenge to you is to just start speaking up. Even if you, even if you're afraid of your job, start speaking up, um, because that's, it's going to be the greatest thing that you can possibly do. Even if, even if you lose your job, um, because the rate that we're going, the, the path that we're going down, ain't nobody going to have jobs. And I mean that. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this, Eric, but you're here on the podcast on a pretty special day. We have a sponsor for today's podcast. Go ahead, put up my screen. Today's podcast is brought to you by the number 400. It's officially been 400 days since 15 days to slow the spread began. So we are... We have you on on episode on day four hundred of fifteen days to slow the spread celebration. No one thought we'd go this long. I gotta take a picture long. of that. I gotta take a picture of that. Well, so, I'm just four hundred days. The episode today is also brought to you by another sponsor and someone I hold dear to me. And that is uh, Mike Lindell and My Pillow. So you can save up to sixty-six percent with code CD twenty-one. Uh, please support cool. Mike. Please support My Pillow. If you get a chance to today, go to um, Frank's speech and uh, sign up. I know that they have technical difficulties. I know that they're having glitches. I know that it seems as if it's incomplete because it is. So what? I mean, just tell everyone really quickly. It's like a plane. You put in air with half an engine, one plane, one wing. And it barely flies. And little by little, while that plane is flying, you add another wing and you add a better motor and you put in better gear. That is what they're doing over at Frank's Beach. Now, would I do it the way that they did it? Probably. We have. <laughs> and I will tell you that sometimes incomplete at least, at least gives you hope that there's something else coming, that they can actually improve upon it. Right? So, yeah. Bigger so we're, we're almost done with the episode, but I, I feel like we would be remiss, Eric, if we didn't get your opinion on this, because there's so many issues in the country now, so many people talking about police use of force. And since you are a former police officer, um, anytime I talk to a former uh, any police officer, current or former, I, I like to get their opinion on it. You don't have to talk about any one case in particular, but what are your opinions on this push that we're seeing to delegitimize police officers who for one reason or another end up deploying and using deadly force. What, what, what do you think about this? Because what we've seen in the media is an attempt to portray police officers as if they're just assassinating people in broad daylight, which yeah, there are bad cops out there who do bad things, but the majority of police officers I contend, they just want to get home safe to their families. And, and when you look at police in places like Chicago, they're being confronted with tremendous violence. So I want to get your, your opinion on it because it seems like there is a pretty concerted effort in this country to delegitimize police use of force. Well, like I said, you know, after the Jews or after the Nazis went after the Jews because of their small businesses, they then went after they took out police and, and, and some of the police became part of their agenda. And, and that's what's happening. They are not only trying to disarm the police, um, and defund the police, but they don't want police departments. 
um, the, the, the left and the globalists, they want our, they want a national militarized police. So it's going to get to the point where they've crushed these departments so hard that these cops literally won't be able to, to even have a police car because they'll get, you know, attacked so hard uh, over lies, by the way, there's millions and millions of police stops, uh, in the United States. And there's tiny minuscule, small fraction of those, uh, uh, incidences where they go South. Um, but that's how everybody sees it. Cause the media, that's all they play. Right. And so what, what's going to happen is, you know, in Salt Lake city, for example, since God, I want to say April, when, when did George Floyd, when did that hit? Was that April or May? That was right. That was, that was about a, a little less than a year from now. Over about, about, a year about a year ago. Listen, we only, there's only like 400 cops in Salt Lake City. Almost 75 cops since then have left because of how, how, um, the, the morale in just Salt Lake City. So, so they're going to get to the point where police can't handle it and they're going to say, oh my gosh, we have to have a national police department and they're going to bring in who? They're going to bring in the military. And if you think that the military is going to defend their rights, they, they work on completely separate um, uh, set of rules. And it's not, hey, show me your ID. Let's dance around. They will shoot you. And it's going to be martial law. That's what they want. Hey, so now, I, want to, I want to point this out. I, want to, I think this is important to actually look at history and look at what history tells us. In January of 1939, do you know who the Time Magazine Man of the Year was? No. It was Adolf Hitler. Buddy Adolf. Adolf. It was Adolf, it was Adolf Hitler. In the middle of the war, it was Adolf Hitler. And, you know, at the time that he entered, you know, I, I, I look at the, the, the things that bring us, that bring things together, the coincidences of things. And I look at Antifa and I look at BLM and I look at these groups that have designed to suppress and, and persecute people and doxing and all the things that are happening in our society today. And it's always reminiscent of what happened back in the early 1930s, Absolutely. all the way up to the 19, late the brown 90s, shirts. middle of the brown shirts. And, and we forget about that. But by, by allowing this crime to kind of become normalcy in that time, and I remember I was reading an article in Time Magazine that talked about how it's Bizarro World, and that was in 1937. And in 1939, Bizarro World became the, the, the thing that everyone moved towards. Adolf Hitler, oh, this is a great guy. Look what he's doing for his community. At the same time, in 1939, he was killing people indiscriminately. And, and the police could do nothing about it. And the police, by the way, mm -hmm. were the demons. While people came in well, behind a, them. Here's a bit of trivia. Who was Time Magazine's Person of the Year the year after Adolf Hitler? You know, no. Joseph Stalin. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so yeah. they had a they had a bad run there. They had a bad run there. Joseph Stalin was actually twice in like a two or three year period. So the people picking didn't do the best job in the late thirties. Or, or they 40s. did. Or, or they did. Yeah. That's what. That's exactly yeah. what they wanted. Yeah. So listen. Here, here's here's another thing we should actually know that happened today. Right. Number one. We and maybe you can actually talk to this. Police officers are being demonized in the environment while criminals are being propped up. And I guess that was the point I was trying to make is that we're, we're allowing criminals to become, you know, you, you have a guy that, that basically uh, held a woman, at, a pregnant woman at gunpoint, did fentanyl, was a massive drug user, had been arrested multiple times. And you could say, hey, you can't assassinate his character. He was, 
he was doing drugs and was wanted when they pulled him over to begin with. Or excuse me, he was in he, <laughs> he was committing a crime. Drugs. He died because of because of a drug overdose. I mean, four four times the lethal dose <laughs> of fentanyl in his system. But no, no, no. It was because he was kneeling on his back. If he didn't have fentanyl in his system, he would have survived it. But we don't want to talk about that because again, it's bizarro world. But Maxine Waters goes to Minnesota to Minneapolis, uses police escorts to walk through all the crowds. Police escorts as she bashes the police in the same sentence and talks about how bad they are, demonizing them, and then says that, listen, if we don't get the verdict we want, even though the 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 the, the jury is given all the evidence, we can't see all the evidence. No matter what happens, you can't see. The only one that sees all the evidence is the defense, uh, the, the, the defense for, um, for uh, um, oh, man, Derek Chauvin. and Chauvin and the uh, prosecution, right? Those are the only two that see it. So that wasn't bad enough, but I want your thoughts on this, okay? This happened this morning. Biden weighs in on the on the court case and is praying that Chauvin jury reaches the quote-unquote right verdict after he has a phone call with George Floyd's family. So we had, we had that cut. We had that cut ready to go for the second hour, but we'll play it now. Ms. Bruce, I'd let's love play to cut get number your, three. Yeah. Both brothers, as a matter of fact, uh, and uh, so uh, um, I, I can only imagine the pressure and anxiety they're feeling. Uh, and so uh, I waited till the jury was sequestered, and uh, and I called. And as uh, I wasn't going to say anything about it, but Thelonious uh, said today on television, and they accurately said it was a private conversation because. Uh, uh, Joe understands what it's like to go through loss. And um, they're a good family. And they're calling for peace and tranquility, no matter what that verdict is. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is, I think it's overwhelming in my view. I wouldn't say that unless the, the jury was sequestered now, not hear me say that. But so we, we just talked a little, I want to know how they were doing, just personally. And we talked about personal things. Thank you very much. Eric, what do you think of, of the fact that the, the only right outcome in this is to declare a mistrial? But, I mean, what are your thoughts on this uh, of Pino, um, Biden, even making a comment and then saying it's because they're sequestered? You should never. Oh, my gosh. Go ahead. Please tell well, me. Look, what. I mean, President Obama took us back. 60 years I mean I don't know if you remember when he said the police acted stupidly that's President Obama had the chance to unite America more than any more than he blew it and because of that now we have this lying this lying narrative look as soon as they charged the way that they charged this cop from the beginning it was already over because no matter what happens because you cannot get a murder you know what did they charge him with was it was it um like, second degree murder. didn't they charge him with some what was it two murder one manslaughter there's two murder charges and one manslaughter charge they did that intentionally because when you do that intentionally they know that they are a jury cannot convict him on murder cannot and and they do that intentionally they upcharge it so that so that yeah. when the jury comes to the right conclusion there's going to be riots in the streets yeah. so no matter what it's a lose-lose 
I mentioned this on the show yesterday. They could have charged him with assault and battery. They could have charged him with whatever is dereliction of duty using unsafe police, like whatever. They, there were lower charges they could have charged him with that would have had a higher likelihood of getting a conviction, right? But they didn't want to do that. So they've created a situation where if he isn't convicted of these three charges, it's going to create the opinion that he did everything right, which even on our show, we've said, no, listen, he did some things wrong. The system is wrong and the system is racist. And when in reality, it's guys like Joe Biden, they're the racists. 100%. They're the ones that are dividing. I mean, it's, they are the plantation owners of, of the new age. That's who they are. That's, I mean, look at the left, look at the, the head of the BLM. She just bought what? Black, it's black three point two million three point two million dollars in that, that's all I'm saying it's it's they're the ones they're the ones that are controlling these these the these uh minority groups all for control it's hey, it's disgusting by the way it was reported back to me and and I don't know if this is true yet so I'm gonna I'm gonna preface it by saying that a source told me that the home was actually two million dollars and they gave her a six hundred thousand dollar discount on the property <laughs> and sold it to her for 1.4 million in, I mean, in a very white neighborhood a very white neighborhood yeah so yeah uh, so anyway it's uh oh i was gonna tell you so if you, can i do a plug on this 100 please this yeah. all of it yeah. so if you want to go to and get i'm essential shirt um go to freedomblends.com and i also have a, a line i've been trying to do this for a couple years now but i'm finally getting it off well, I kind I told you about this, Joe. Yeah, but it's I've got pro life protein. I've got First Amendment multis. So if you go to freedomblends.com, um, this is what I this is what I've been trying to get off the ground for a while. Is my supplement company based on the principles of freedom and liberty? It's it's awesome. I've got pro life protein. I've got a Kami cleanse. Um, it's was well, that was that just out, a, so. is that just like a box of forty five caliber bullets? What's the Kami cleanse? That's right. No, it's protein. <laughs> It's pro-life protein. So anyway, that's, and then you can get the shirt. I'm essential. So, and I'd love to come out to your guys' events. Um, yeah, you're, and, and I, I definitely want to talk. I want to talk to you about that. I also want to talk to you about Colin Ray, see if he wants to play in it a little bit. It is going to be a political event. We are going to talk about the left's attack on, on, uh, um, on us as a country. And we're going to talk about the fact that I unapologetically, and, and I'm not saying that I attach this to you, Eric, but I call the left. It, it's a terrorist. It's, it's a terrorist group. They're, they're, these are terrorists. These are people who are trying to destroy everything American stands for. And, uh, yep. you know, it, and you, you talk about being plantation owners. I've called them, you know, we become the new slaves. We become the new commodity for these people. Just yep. pay your taxes, keep your head down, Right. Or we'll take you away. And that's really what it's gotten to. Look what All you done. need to do is watch them, whatever they're blaming other people. That's exactly what they are. They're just projecting exactly what they are. Well, the, the good news is, is that we've been saying that for a long time and the weaponization of media and what they've actually been able to accomplish as a result of that leads me back to the one thing that I keep talking about. And that is the power of no, we have the power to stop it. We are the majority. We are the marginalized group in this country. But if we allow the Democrats to continue to do what they're doing now, we will have no jobs. We will have no community. We will have no money. We will have no, uh, I mean, it, it is, we're at a place in time right now where such a time as this. We choose mm-hmm. now or we don't don't choose, then, then don't blame anyone for where we're at, um, you know, 10 years from now. And I don't even think it'll take that long. Amen. And you know, all of these things may happen, all the fears that we have um, because we are in the last days and things are gonna get crazy. Yes. But my belief is that 
um, that question that God asks us when we, when we meet him again, I believe that question is going to be, well, what did you do about it? And what did you try to do about it? People don't understand that God is a warrior. There's a war in heaven. Like God is liberty and it's all about freedom versus control. It's been that way since the beginning of time. If it's been that way in the war in heaven in the book of revelation, you know, where Satan was cast down, that war was about freedom versus control. That's what the war was about. And so we have to stand for those principles here or how can we stand for them throughout eternity? And that's what we're trying to learn. That's my message. Well, and it's an amazing message and you are an amazing man of faith, but you're also an amazing man of courage, right? And so I just want to thank you for joining us um, during this hour. I'll connect with you after the podcast and um, yeah, we'll find ways to push out all your information. I did put up all the, the uh, uh, URLs for the multiple sites um, so they can support you. Um, thank and, you. And uh, just as a last- I know just, it. It's hard to fight for freedom and provide for a family. But it is. <laughs> and we talk about it. I mean, look, I, I've i spent the better part of $100,000 on legal fees for the Eric Coomer stuff. We talked a little bit about that. And, you know, a lot of our listeners have supported us. And there were, you know, obviously we're, I was a CEO of a tech company, stepped down to that. So I'm doing this and I'm building a new tech company that allows for people to contribute to it. And I get involved in different um you know, things like I own a gun store and range and making sure that they can support us. And yeah, but it is hard. It's hard to do both. Um, but God does provide for us and gives us opportunity to be able to talk to people and, and, uh, get other people to support us. And those are things we buy anyway, boycott or boycott. So before we end the first hour, and I want to thank you for coming on, Eric, um, a little bit of breaking news. We just got suspended from YouTube again. What? Um, we, we had an episode entirely about, Biden opening illegal alien schools before American schools. And YouTube is now saying that that is that we advance false claims that the 2020 election mm. was <laughs> stolen. <laughs> so an episode about illegal alien schools being opened first, apparently just got us Max, banned. So I'll have, to, I'll have to watch it. Ma Max, you're fulfilling prophecy where the good is evil and the evil is good. Yeah. So um, we just got pulled from YouTube. We're going to have a lot of YouTube refugees coming to the other streams for the second hour. Um, so uh, that, and that's why we have our website, right? It's the exact reason. But didn't think they'd pull us while we are on the air for something that we did before we, I mean, they're, they're just going to keep going through our stuff, right? At this point, they're just going to go through our stuff and just find something. It's not even a new episode. It, but we, 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 you know, I want to tell people that are listening, I think it's time that we actually just start filing the lawsuits. Right. We just we can't pretend anymore that we can that we can uh, fight against this by. And again, I believe that eventually I want to get away from YouTube altogether. I think YouTube is trash. Right. I think YouTube is the epitome. You guys of everything. have a rumble channel. Yeah. But rumble needs to go live. The one thing that is happening on Frank speech is that they are going to have a live live funnel as well. So we can go live there as well. Awesome. But yeah. YouTube is trash as far as I'm concerned. Yep, everyone is migrating over to DLive. Do you have a DLive account, Eric? No, I don't. You need to get a DLive account because you can go live there. Um, if you talk about anything that's adult like uh, Liberty, you need to make sure that it is marked for mature audiences. <laughs> I know it sounds stupid. We had to do it, but um, yeah, craziness. So before we go, uh, Joe, you did say the word trash. 
I did. So, Eric, we have a recurring segment here on the show that's that's just called Synonym, Trash Synonym. Today's Trash Synonym is called Sweepings. Sweepings, plural. Things collected by sweeping. Hashtag trash. the left are sweepings. Joe likes to call everything trash. So, in an attempt to expand his vocabulary, we have this yeah. recurring segment. Effluvium. Where we bring up synonyms for trash. Yeah. Fluvium. I, I, look, I, I don't want to. I don't want to complicate things too much, right? So I like it, it, people know exactly what I'm saying when I'm saying it, but it doesn't always come out that way. Eric, thanks for joining <laughs> us today. By the way, thank you. You have any final words for us? No, just just stay true to your conscience, and that's going to lead you back to God. Hundred percent. All right. Well, thank you, Eric, for being here. We're going to be back on the other side of this break to all the YouTube refugees who just got kicked out because YouTube's claiming an episode about illegal aliens getting in school first violated their 2020 election policy. Welcome. We'll be we'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top.